over a year the minimum wage I think is very low yeah where in Italy for example in Italy or Germany you get like a higher level of uh, it is and I think uh, because of that you get a higher skill people people are more willing to work in that environment This is Swarfcast. I'm Noah Greff. Our guest on today's podcast has lived the machining business in the United States, Europe, and China. Federico Veneziano is COO and CFO of American Micro, a 133-person machining company near Cincinnati, Ohio. Federico first learned machining growing up in his native northern Italy. He later would service machine tools all over the world as a DMG technician. Today's podcast is brought to you by Graf Pinkert. Looking for a screw machine, rotary transfer machine, or CNC machine? Graf Pinkert's got you covered. When you're buying any used machine, you're taking a risk. So it's important to buy from someone who knows their stuff and who is going to give you straight information about what you're buying. Graf Pinkert is a family-owned firm that's been dedicated to selling great machine tools to the turn parts industry for 75 years. It specializes in the top multi-spindle brands, including Index, Schutte, Gildemeister, Tornos, ZPS, Acme, and Wickman. They also sell a variety of other types of used equipment, such as CNC Swiss, CNC turning centers, and parts washers. Machine tools are complicated. If you're going to buy one, you should go to people who are knowledgeable and committed to the industry. Learn more at www.graffpinkert.com. That's www.graffpinkert.com. We are with Federico Veneziano of American Micro. How are you doing today, Federico? Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Noah. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. So, Federico, you are from Italy, came to this country. How long ago have you been living here? I moved in the United States uh, uh, on, in 2004. It was August 4, 2004, to be exact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, how did you get here? Uh, Long story short, I used to work uh, for a company uh, called DMG, uh, making CNC machine. Um, I traveled for them around the world, and a serviceman, and I did a little bit of everything from design, some engineering, process engineering, and uh, I had an opportunity to try something different, a different branch, and I had an opportunity to come in the United States, so I decided to come in the United States working for them. Okay, let's take it back. When did you first get interested in machining? Actually, before we even go back there, tell what you're doing now uh, at American Micro. Today at American Micro, I'm, I'm the CEO and then CFO, so I follow the operation and the finance of the American Micro. And American Micro is a manufacturing company. We do parts for a different industry. Um, fuel diesel component, we do medical, we do aerospace, we have a um, part of our company that does a specialty connector, and then we also have a company in China, few industry over there too. That's what I do today. Okay. I want to go back and find out how you got from Italy 
to living in Cincinnati at American Micro. So, when when did you first uh, get interested in machining? That's a kind of a um, funny story because nobody in my family has any interest or ever work in machining. But um, what happened is in as in other different country during the summertime you don't have nothing to do for, because the school closed and uh, you have kind of three months that you are kind of passive I always been a very active person I always love to do things and with my hand and just I always showed that I was kind of mechanic in kind per se and um, I asked my mom if she knew somebody that, where I could go to work and uh, my mom knew um, a person that had a small company and um, 12 years old I started there and um, I got again right away interest in the machining to the point that um, at the end of the day I was staying there extra time and uh, extra hour for on my own just to look at the owner setting up machine and and I, he saw that I had that great interest what kind of uh, what kind of products were they making there they, they did a kind of different uh, small industry, but uh, a lot of aerospace, a lot of medical, not much of an automotive, was a medium volume component, but was mostly was in um, stainless part. Okay, so what were you doing exactly? I started as an operator and doing like... And you were a teenager? I was 12 years old. So how did you get to be an operator if you're 12 years old when you got to the shop? Yeah, you have to understand that <laughs> even rules today don't allow you to work at that age, but uh, it was me and my parents decided it was a good thing for me to work, and I was able to participate in the company, and um, I became an operator that way. So you just kind of apprenticed under somebody? Yes, and yes. Actually, the the guy that um, I worked with, it was a very good mentor for me. He kind of, a, he was very very rigid. He was, uh, um, want to think very precise. He went teach me anything, even how to wash my hand. It was kind of funny. He was um, ex uh, chemist, and uh, he found himself to go in the in that industry, and he was. Like a chemist, that to be very precise. So, how do you wash your hands correctly? Yeah, you just uh, you cannot touch the soap after your hands are wet because the bacteria and everything. He was explaining to me how <laughs> how to do. You have to get the soap and then wash. Your, it was kind of interesting how how many details that man gave me in my life. And you sound uh, like you sound like my wife. She has to put everything in the dishwasher because soap yeah. to her isn't isn't clean enough. So. Okay, so after that, you're 12 years old, you work at this uh, machine shop doing aerospace stuff. Then where did you go from there? The, what happened is um, I was fortunate enough to um, go to a school in that for my middle school that was what I will call it a um, higher level, mm -hmm. that um, kind of a, give you the preparation for college already. So I was able to accelerate my career from a standpoint that I was so intrigued by the mechanical that I decided to become a mechanical engineer. So I got my degree at an earlier age that you usually get your degree. So how does it work in Italy? You're um, 16 and then you get to go to a separate school? Or? Um, and usually the, you, the standard 
you have uh, five years of uh, elementary school, you have three years of middle school, then you have five years of high school, and then you have college. Okay. But I accelerate my first part where I kind of skipped the high school and I was able to get uh, mechanical engineering sooner than later. Okay. And you just knew from the time you were 12 I, I knew this, this is this is what knew, your thing was I knew it before um, every, every time I had a wrench in my hand I was a happy man so <laughs> uh, I love to take things apart and everything and it was in somewhat was in my blood and you're the only one in your family like the, that yes every, my, my father is an architect my mother used to own um, stationery um, from my grandfather. Um, they, one side they were making clothing, the other side they were um, owning a company that uh, owned trucks for doing transportation for different industry. All right, but they were still making things. No architecture, yeah. it's still like technical. And yeah, some, there is technical. And where in Italy are you from? I'm very close to Milan. If you look at the map of Italy, I'm about 60 miles northwest of Milan. Okay. And um, in, the, in the area called the Lake Zone, there is a lot of lakes for sure. And a lot there. of machining. And a lot of machining for sure, the mountain. And the area where I come from actually is known as the faucet area. Most of the faucet that you see around the world used to come from that area. So a lot of brass, a lot of machining, a lot of uh, multi-spindle transfer machines. Interesting. Yes. Uh, okay, so then you went to school for engineering. Yes. Where did you go? In, um, in uh, there is um, a city called Pavia. That's where I went. Okay. And, and then what? After that, you went to work for DMG or yeah, no, no, you no, no, went no, to no. work for a company? I actually always um, kept my work in active, meaning I went to school, I went to work. At the same time, actually, when I was 16, I was already kind of a small lead supervisor of, of the company that I started with. Um, Is that normal in Italy for people to be in school and be working in a shop at the no, same time? It, not very normal. A lot of people kind of focus more on the study and then later uh, they go to like uh, work. Okay. Kind of a, I was kind of a, like the different one, if you want to say. What did you think of the school in Italy, um, engineering school? And yeah, and I'm from what I've heard, it's pretty different in Europe um, school versus here. And not that you really would have be able to compare it, but yeah, I, I don't think that you can do a comparison. But I have to say that the, there is a great school in Italy. Yeah. Um, well, at least it used to be, and now I've been here for a, for a while, so I'm not sure that it thing changed, but. Uh, Schooling them in Italy will give you a good preparation. Again, you have to choose the right ones. Like in my middle school, um, my parents sent me to this great middle school where uh, we had um, technical stuff to do. We have uh, laboratories, uh, hours, music, and everything else. Like really higher preparation for um, that age. And uh, if you do the right choices at the beginning, kind of pays off at the end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Versus here where it's a lot more general. Okay, so you you graduated with an engineering degree, and then what what did you do? What's typical? I, I actually for that or? I actually went through different um, company um, during my career, 
and um, I also stopped for a little bit over a year because of um, in Italy is uh, at that time no more any now but um, was mandatory to do military service oh, right. so I serve as a policeman for uh, 15 months a carabinieri yes a carabinieri yes and um, how, how were you as a policeman I, I loved it actually to one part of my story that uh, you don't know is I always want to be part of the army in Italy and actually my dream was to become an aeronautic pilot so and um, that kind of uh, didn't work out at age 17 I did all my testing and everything and then I unfortunately I did a I did dentist test <laughs> where they check all your uh, mouth and everything I had a tooth with a cavity and they what you can't have a tooth with a cavity no <laughs> they, they have a selection method, and they say that they the possibility to, if you fly at those kind of a speed, you can have a pain and everything that will distract you through the flight. So, and um, that That's kind of crazy ended, Italians. That, yeah, that kind of ended my <laughs> career from that side. And um, did you have twenty twenty vision? Yes. Oh my God! A uh, tooth? I had. I actually passed all the tests. I was at the last thing that uh, usually people don't have a problem in. Oh, que peccato. What, yes. a, what a pity. I but know. but that now you're you're here, so it's okay. Yes, and uh, is the but uh, long story short, I I work for a different company. I did a little bit of um, everything from uh, running maintenance program in company to um, doing setup to the company that I worked before. DMG um, was a DMG customer. And uh, we were making faucet, as I was uh, telling you, because that area, that's largely probably, I will say, machining company over there at that time, probably over 50% were making faucet. Wow. Yes. And, um, and that is how I got to, to know DMG. Um, we bought um, a machine, um, kind of particular machine, a GM70. Mm -hmm. It's like a hybrid between a chucker and a multi spindle. Three, a, three spindles. Three spindle, yes. 70 millimeter. And uh, what happened is um, when they brought the machine, as they usually they send uh, their service tech to kind of give you a training, yeah. uh, the control. And um, it worked out the fact that uh, I knew a lot about Siemens and they just started with the Siemens A4ED at that point. And. Um, they they didn't know it very well and uh, I end up teaching a few tricks on that control to the to the guy that came for the training and um, they when he went back he talked to the to his uh, superior and uh, I got a phone call if I was interested to join them because they needed some help interesting especially because they were coming out with a new version of machine that was the CNC GMC and they um. needed some and then later it would almost be the opposite. Yes. Listeners, do you have an idea for a future episode of Swarfcast? Or is your company interested in advertising on the Swarfcast podcast? If so, please send us an email at swarfcastpodcast at gmail.com. That's swarfcastpodcast at gmail.com. What is the shop, a shop in Italy like versus a shop in the United States? How are they different? Uh, I think uh, 
the first, mul- a multi-spindle shop. First of all, and I, again, I don't want to generalize because it would be wrong for me to do that. Because uh, yeah, but I think um, when you look, the labor is very different. Mm-hmm. How the labor get treated uh, from a salary standpoint, um, what things that can can you do as a labor in Italy that you couldn't do over here will be not be tolerated. For instance, for instance, is um, you have a lot of. Um, labor laws that allow people to do pretty much whatever they want <laughs> and uh, you could stay kind of standing and do nothing and nobody can really let you go so you kind of get that side that is I really because you want. can't fire people very yeah. easily yes you have to have a very big reason and um, not that uh, you need to fire people but uh, it's very difficult to keep people accountable it per se so interesting but, so what do you what do people do if somebody's not doing a good job? What are the different methods? <laughs> Usually the owner is gonna be um, seeing you every day and just chirping in your ear, <laughs> just for sure he's gonna. So you like the way they what what, are they, what do you like there that that's different from here? What 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 would you prefer in Italy? What I will say in Italy that is better than here probably how the shop they are organized and uh, cleaner and uh, hmm. where over here because of the all the price pressure there is a lot of things that get left out and um, you see shop around that uh, they kind of don't work very well in the safety environment they is it because people people feel under so much pressure that they're just trying to get parts out as fast as possible so then they they don't pay attention to things or yeah. let, let things slide I think more is determined on the on a higher level how buyer buy buy material right I think that kind of uh, then trickle down to what what you get because uh, um, more and more you see in the market that um, Everybody want discounts. They want to lower the pricing to a point that is not even possible to make it. But um, isn't it like that in Europe too? Is it is, but it's not as accentuated as in the U.S. I will say. I think it's different. People are more willing because again, there is a certain labor law and everything. You cannot pay people little like uh, over here. The minimum wage, I think, is very low. Yeah. Where in Italy. For example, in Italy or Germany, you get like a higher level of uh, like this, and I think uh, because of that, you get a higher skill. People, people are more willing to work in that environment. Okay, well, that 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 is very interesting. I'm sure we could talk a while about that. Okay, so tell me, you then got hired by DMG because you yes. could you knew the machine basically better than their own technician. Or yeah. at least the control. Yes, the control. I don't want to take That's a, a that is great, a great company. That's, great, that great, machine great is people. a real pain in the culo. I mean, <laughs> that machine is at a, least for a machinery dealer. We've had that machine. We we were offered that machine a couple times, and we always stayed away from it because it's hard to sell one of them. Yeah, the G, the GM seventy actually is a great machine, <laughs> but you have to have the right people, and that's what I'm. I was alluding a little bit about the skill. If you don't have somebody that really understand the control and how to run it and uh, the setup, like this could be really tricky. 
and because of the magnitude of the machine of all the bell and whistle that there is on the machine mm -hmm. feel like the machine is always broke down but it's not true it's just that <laughs> you, you have, because you have so many things can go wrong and uh, you just need to keep up the maintenance they have to keep up if you are if you pay attention to that machine you can really do great things with that okay well as somebody who is an ex DMG technician, do you think that most shops do a poor job of maintaining their machines? I, I will say that um, you have a kind of a 50-50. You have some machine that uh, some machine shop that they um, care about their machine and you can and you can see that just looking around the machine, just around the floor, yeah. the floor and everything, and then you have other shop that um, struggle with that and then they for them is just making parts and um, the machine maintenance the machine care comes later but there's um, is a one philosophy that is gonna go well for just a little bit and then right. thing is gonna kind of pay you back on <laughs> because machine is gonna break down and you're That's gonna like, have a lot of downtime it's, it's like, like a car or people yes or people for sure if you go to the doctor yes now let's don't talk about go to the doctor because I never go to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so then after that you uh, you worked for DMG and working for DMG, you know, from what I've heard, I don't exactly know how it is now, but it has this reputation for like having a few really good technicians that they just send around the world. Yes. Not enough good technicians, but then they send you everywhere. Is that basically how it is? Um they send you where you want to go, even um, because uh, when I work for their D DMG, they are very good, they treat their employee pretty good. Mm -hmm. And um, to the point that um, it was my choice that I told them, send me whatever you want, I don't need to come back home, because there is a rule that every two weeks they have to allow you to come back to the family. And at the time I was like young, so. You were like what, 27? The one twenty-two when I started over there. So, wow. So then uh, you worked for how many years at DMG? DMG, I worked um, seven years. Seven years. Okay. And then you uh, you happened to be in Cincinnati, and then that, everything changed, or what? Um, when I moved here in US, I didn't like the philosophy of uh, how. So you moved here uh, in 2004. 2004, still working full time for DMG. Yes. Okay. But for DMG USA, not for DMG Italy. Mm -hmm. And um, I was not really happy with the philosophy how the system was ran here in the uh, US. Um, Which system? I, I just uh, want to leave name and people and things alone for that. And um, you mean you mean the way. It was where you were working. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think uh, things could have been done better for the customer and for the employee. Um, so, at that time, I was at American Micro, and I was uh, doing some work there because they just purchased a GMC thirty-five, and um, I was approached by them if I had any interest in to join the company, and um, it kind of worked out a uh, perfect timing and. Uh, was it difficult for them to get you 
legal to, to do that, or did you already have the no, visa? No, no, no. I had a, actually I had a visa with the DMG, blank with a blanket petition. So I, I was able only to work with DMG, but I was able to work out some detail with DMG to subcontract my my time to American Micro. In the meanwhile, um, I went through a process to get my visa for American Micro. And and they were they were okay with that. Yes, they worked out very well. Other than a few people, I really still have a great relationship with the people in DMG. I can, I, I think it's a great company. Mm -hmm. and, and you uh, use a lot of their machines, though. Yes, we still we just bought in the past couple of years more than ten machines from DMG. So wow, between here and in China. Okay, so you guys opened a shop in China. Yes. Now, my understanding was that an American company wasn't allowed to just open their own shop in China. You had to partner with a Chinese company. That's um, not true. The, you can open um, what they call it a Wolfie. How do you spell that? W-O-F-E. Okay. Wholly owned foreign enterprise. And um, you are allowed to have a company. You cannot buy the land. Usually, the government owns the land, so okay. that's an, real estate is a little bit more difficult. Um, there are some things that are more difficult, you being a foreigner company than being a Chinese company, but it's, a, it's possible. So and we, we're done, and we still own the company today. And how has that worked out? Worked out really well, because um, we took a different approach than what most people did in China. Uh, most of the people that go to China expect like a 30% plus saving. So um, that's why they are motivated. Right. But they don't... Because of the labor. Yes. and But they don't spend enough time to understand the culture and they understand the Chinese. So they, what happened, the Chinese people, they are... They want to go from point A to point Z as fast as they can. Okay. That's in their culture. They want to give you everything very quickly. And if you don't pay attention to that, you're gonna get a lot of uh, bad quality from China, and that uh, why that there is the bad sti bad stigma about because uh, they're rushing, they're rushing. But if you spend the time to know them, and um, Chinese people are very disciplined. If hmm. you explain to them why A, why B, and down the line why all of these things have to happen, most likely they're not gonna deviate. And we have great, great quality out of China. We as good as the United States. Yes, I would say I can put anybody against our company in China from a quality standpoint. And do you have similar equipment in China, or are you just making we, different things? We started uh, with a simpler equipment there, a couple of um, chalkers, CNC chalker, two axes. Just try to see how it worked out, but. Um, the past uh, four or five years, we invested in uh, like a higher tech equipment mm -hmm. um, and different kind of um, core competency. From um, we bought a lot of DMG equipment, as I was telling you. Um, we bought like grinding equipment, lapping, honing. So we have a lot of capability there. We do also over there some fuel system components. So very high requirement. And um, the, another thing about our company in China is if you look um, mostly at the people in China, usually after two, three years, 
your people are going to be all different management, different um, people. Mm-hmm. And they move around very easy. Because they... Because they leave, they leave the company. They leave the company, yes. And but that's got to be a big challenge. Yes, but in our case, is uh, if you look our core management of people, still the same that was uh, 15 years ago when the company was started. Really? Yes. It was started 15 years ago. Yeah, the company actually, um, Michael Gobo was started in 2005, but um, there was some activity that happened two years before. But uh, yes, actually from. Uh, 13 years ago. Yes. And what? where is it in China? It's in Xiamen. Xiamen is about halfway between uh, Shanghai and Hong Kong. It's the closest point to Taiwan, just across from Taiwan. And it's an island. And it's um, more like a, the interesting thing about when we choose the place was about not having too much industry around. Hmm. And uh, it's more like a touristic and a arts so, so was it hard music. to find the people then? no actually it was not because um, there's still some industry and uh, we were able to um, having some connection and then we were able to get some people uh, and then we got again I cannot speak highly enough about our management and engineering in China is um, we are so good that we are more friends than we are co-worker so we we talk on a weekly basis. If it's not on a daily basis, and uh, when we go there, uh, we spend the time with them, even in the evening at dinner, lunch, and uh, we really kind of live together. And it's kind of a different view than what uh, normally people see it in China. Mm-hmm. But again, we didn't go there for just saving. That's a as a result of good work. Should not go there just because the labor. It's cheaper. So why did you go there then if it wasn't just because the labor was cheaper? The, we went there because some of our top customer asked us to go and do some sources in China. And then after um, after a while, what they were doing supply, import, they asked us, hey, we want you to be present. We want you to be there in China so you can make part for our Chinese facility. Oh, okay. That's how for we making got, it for Chinese yes. facility. It's just really impressive. Uh, I think probably somebody opening a shop in China, it, it helps that you already lived in another culture before that. You have an open mind. Do you think that that's helped having lived in Europe first and come here, opening another shop in China? Yeah, I have to say that um, when they opened uh, the China facility, mm-hmm. I was not involved 100%. Okay. That I got involved a little bit later. So I will not take the credit for that, but uh, for sure, my world experience helped me generate this uh, friendship and this good work relationship with our people. Is that it's easier for me to deal with foreigners than probably other people that are not exposed as much as I was. All right. Well, yeah, I learned a lot and uh, really appreciate you talking to us. Yeah, I wish you the best of luck, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, everybody. First, we just want to thank you for listening to the podcast. It boosts our egos, and of course, your ears are the reason we do this. But it would be great if you could subscribe and leave a review, as it'll help other people discover it. Talk to you soon.